This is Charles Zuta, the host of the Fountain of Life podcast, and I welcome you to today's episode. Today we'll continue with our subject, What Lies at the Gate. In the previous episode, we saw how righteousness lay at the gate, and yet the people who it affected didn't respond to it. David and Uriah, Uriah had the voice of righteousness. And yet, David wouldn't listen. And it led to more problems and a lot of calamity in his own life. In the same way, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah will say that when judgment came, righteousness was sitting at the gate. And they even knew that that righteousness had been speaking in the person of Lot. And acting as a judge and pointing them to the way, but they didn't listen. And the whole city was destroyed. So today we want to move past that to look at situations that are not just talking about sin or indifference or whatever, but our breakthroughs, solutions that we've been craving for. Sometimes these are at our door, but we either don't know or we don't have the right attitude towards them. And we may miss them. Or sometimes we are unable to take the advantage that God has given us. So today, as we close on this wonderful subject, I believe that we need to know how we are able to appropriate the blessings that God lays at our feet. And so how do we move to the gates? God doesn't want us sitting at the gate. He wants us to move through those gates, move past any barriers, limitations, and anything, and appropriate the gifts and the blessings and opportunities that he gives to us. So today, we want to begin at a very typical situation that is in the book of Acts that illustrates what happens if there is a disconnect between us and the breakthroughs that God has brought to us. There may even be things that we'll be praying about, and yet we've left them sitting at the gate. If you go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12, Peter had been captured by Herod with the intention to kill him. And so the church gathered in John Mark's mother's house, and they were making serious intercession and praying that God would spare Peter's life. Now, God did answer that prayer. He sent an angel to deliver Peter from the hands of Herod. In verse 11, so the angel leads Peter from the jailhouse 
the gates open of their own accord and they walk through and then somewhere in the open streets the angel disappears and peter wakes up and realizes that i have really been delivered so he makes his way to john mark's mother's house where the church had gathered and they were having intercession so from verse 11 this is what the bible says now when peter had come to himself he said now i know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. Verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So here they are, the whole church, full, Holy Ghost filled, tongues talking. They were praying for Peter to be released. And Peter comes to the door. And yet, the person who ran down hears Peter's voice. And out of joy, she doesn't open the gate. This is not like any of the situations that we've seen in the past, either with King David or Lot or Lazarus and the rich man or any of the situations where things have been left lying at the gate. In this case, it was an answer to prayer. So if you are praying for Peter to be released from prison and here he is at your gate, what do you do? You see, so they left Peter standing there. Rhoda was very excited, but she didn't open the gate. Sometimes that is how we find ourselves. We are praying about things. We are enthusiastic about them. And when God begins to move, we don't recognize it. We don't see it. You see, and we rather run away from the solutions that God is bringing. The answers to our problems. That actually came to our gate. We don't recognize it. There are people who maybe prayed for life partners and all of that. God begins to move and they don't see it. You see. So here we find that same scenario. Rhoda out of excitement rather leaves the Peter standing at the gate. And goes to tell the people that Peter is at the gate. How many things have you left behind? Because either you didn't believe that it's true, that God is moving on your behalf, or out of excitement, you rather make a mess of everything. You see? So here, when she insisted that it's indeed Peter, the same people who were praying, their response is, you are crazy. You are crazy. It can't be true. So what were they praying about? 
What was their desire as they were praying for Peter to be released from prison? You see, and so when Peter kept banging on the gate, he kept on knocking. Then they went in and then they opened the gate for him and they were astonished. But before that, they said that was his angel or that is a ghost. That is Peter's ghost. How many times, you know, have God brought situations that we've been praying about? He brought us the breakthroughs and opportunities. And all we need to do was just embrace them. Just say, thank you, Lord, that you brought this chance my way. But because we don't recognize it, we are unable to hear what God is saying. You see, to understand what he meant. We are unable to receive and to appropriate the breakthroughs that God is bringing our way. What was Rhoda's issue? She recognized Peter's voice, but she didn't think at that moment to act upon it. Hearing that voice was an answer in itself. Because for how many days Peter sat in jail, they never had the chance to even hear his voice. But now he's at the gate and he's speaking and he wouldn't open the door. So as a child of God, there is something that I want to leave you with as we close this episode. God doesn't want those gates shut. God doesn't want you stuck behind the gates. He wants you to move, to open the gates, to do something. He wants you to take an action. They let Peter stand in at the gate. For how long? We don't know. Peter had to keep banging. Have we also left things that God has brought out, the solutions in the breakthrough that he's brought our way? Have we left it banging at the gate because we didn't recognize that God had answered our prayer? Even though those were the things we're praying about. God wants us to take an action. God wants us to move. And it all depends on us. What did they do wrong? They were praying but they had an attitude of unbelief. They were praying, but they had no expectation. If they had an expectation, they would have opened that door first time around. Maybe they saw the difficulty, the possibility of rescuing Peter from the Roman war machinery. And they should have seen God in the light of what he can do, not by their limitations, or by what they perceive. If we have that attitude, we will not be able to see when God begins to move in our circumstances. So what have you left standing at the gate, even though God had asked you to open that gate, to receive it? He's done everything that he can do, and he's brought it to your gate, and yet you can't open that door to receive it. God wants us, when he comes to gates, Gates are places of decision, places of authority. That is where judgments are made. Gates are important. So we have to be able to move through those gates. That is what he expects of us. The Bible says in Psalm 118 and the verse 19, it says, Open to me the gates of righteousness and I'll go through them. I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. 
There is always action. There is motion when it comes to gates from God's perspective. We are not supposed to be locked behind the gates. We are not supposed to leave our dreams and our visions stuck behind the gates. For instance, the Bible says in Psalm 100, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts. When it comes to gates, God wants us to move. To move. The things that he's, he wants us to move. To take an action. To do something. Not to leave our blessings stuck behind the gates. You know, a classic example is in Esther chapter 4. When that decree came that all the Jews were to be exterminated. And Mordecai heard it. The Bible says in Esther chapter 4 from verse 1 to about 3. That he rent his cloth. And he put on sackcloth and ashes. And he wanted to talk to the king. To seek petition. To do something. But unfortunately for Mordecai. Nobody in sackcloth and ashes goes past the king's gate. You can't enter the king's gate in sackcloth and ashes. So even though he had a need, he had a desire, he had a passion, he had everything. Because he had a wrong attitude, he couldn't move past the king's gate. On the other hand, Esther clothed herself with beautiful garments, fasted and prayed. And she could go through into the king's court. And she had favor. And she brought the petition before the king. And that edit was removed. The difference between Esther and Mordecai was what they had on. You see, child of God, God has, doesn't want you to be a Mordecai. To get stuck behind the gates because of the attire that you are wearing. Because of the limitations that you place on yourself. We could liken it to praise and all of that. The, the spiritual things that we do. We put on beautiful garments of salvation. The robes of salvation. The garments of praise. And all of those things. God wants us to have access to the things that he's blessed us with. To bring them to ourselves. Not to be separated from them by the gates. So let us shift from being a Mordecai to being an Esther. Let us put on our beautiful robes. Let us put on our prayer. Let us put on our praise so we can pass through the gates and our blessings will follow us. Let us not be like what we are seeing here in the book of Acts where because of an unbelieving attitude or lack of expectation, Peter was left standing at the gate. So let us look at another scenario where the people unlikely the people that you may not expect they had a right attitude and even though they have been banished to the place of the gate they changed the destiny of a whole nation if you come with me to the book of second kings second kings chapter 7 there's been tremendous famine in the land of samaria Horrible, horrible, horrible farming where women were eating their children and they were eating, you know, the, 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 the droppings of doves and pigeons. Really horrible farming. So things came to a head and eventually Ezekiel prophesied that by evening the next day, there will be so much food and abundance that 
you know, maybe a whole loaf that was selling for like $10 million will now sell for just one penny. So God's word had gone forth. But there was one man, one of the counselors of the king, we are told that one on whose hand the king leaned. He said, look, if the Lord will make windows of heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Let's pause here. We shall talk about this officer later on. But here, verse 3, the Bible says, Now, there were four lepers, leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the farming is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. So these four lepers were at the gate. Of course, being leprous means they were outcasts. They couldn't live in the city. So somehow they were at the gates. The gates of Samaria. In the city was farming. Outside was the Syrian army. I was waiting to kill and enter. These leprous people made a choice. They made a decision. They said, why are we sitting here? Why are we at the gate? If we go and they kill us, that's it. We die. If we go into the city, we are going to perish. So let's take our chances. Let's go. And the Bible says, and they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and noises of horses, the noise of great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried for me silver and clothing and golden clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we remain silent. You see, God expects us to move. If this lepers had stayed at the gate and they are just stuck, stuck there like how the, the praying church left Peter at the gate there wouldn't have been a miracle that miracle in the book of Acts was only consummated when they opened the gate and Peter came in actually you see in the same way here when they decided to make a move to take a step to step out from sitting at the gate from agreeing to the status quo it was a step of faith it's a leap of faith that they took a leap of commitment they threw everything in you know what this is it let's go unbeknown to them 
God was going to use that step of faith, that courageous, bold step that they were taking to bring victory to Israel. Child of God, your miracles, your breakthroughs may be sitting at the gate. It will only be consummated when you move out and take a step. So long as you leave them sitting there out of either fear, out of doubt, or whatever it is, that miracle doesn't happen. Every miracle requires an action. If you go through the Bible, Jesus will say, rise up. Peter and John, they say, rise up. You know, he tells the blind man, I'm putting this in your hands. Go and wash. The final step to miracles is an action. So in all of this, there is a lesson for us to learn. What are the things that God has laid at your door? What has been your attitude towards them? We are not talking about sin. We are not talking about a rebuke or any other thing. I'm talking about the things that maybe you've been praying about, what you've been desirous about. In this case, God has said he was going to bring a breakthrough for them. But nobody took a step. Nobody said, oh, let us just go get it. Even the king, they had to convince him. He said, oh, you know what? This is a trap. So the lepers, I'm jumping ahead of myself. The lepers, at some point, after they ate, they collected some of the jewelry and all of this, said, look, we do not well. God had done so much for us and we remain silent. Let us wait and then go into the city and tell the king. Even then, when they told the king, the gatekeepers called her and they said, no, this is a trap. Let's not go. But the man of God had prophesied that God was going to move. The breakthrough had come by people that laid at the gate. And they told them that, look, this is what we see. Eventually, the king will send somebody with a chariot and go to the camp to verify. And lo and behold, the lepers were right. When righteousness lies at the gate, it gives us opportunity. It is patient. The lepers didn't say, forget it. Let us collect everything and hide it for ourselves. They said, we do not well. The blessings of God, they make rich. They add no sorrows. So don't expect that God is laying a trap for you to destroy you. No. When God blesses you, he adds no sorrows. So trust God. Trust God's word. Act on God's word. Have faith. Now the Bible says that as the news spread and everybody was stampeding to go to the Syrian camp to eat, find food. This same man who said, even if God opens the windows of heaven, the words of Elisha will not be as he has spoken it. The Bible says that he was at the gate and the people trampled him because the king had appointed him to control the movement of the people. In verse 19, then that officer had answered the man of God and said, Now look, if the Lord will make windows in heaven, 
could such a thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. So it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. There were two people at the gate. One had faith and believed, and moved on what they believed, and they brought a breakthrough. Another doubted, completely doubted the word of God, and he died at the gate. The right here lies the man doesn't believe in God's word, even in the presence of the miracles. You see, you shape your destiny by what you believe. And it's very, very important to align yourself with the truth in God's word. When God brings that breakthrough, tell yourself, be it unto me according to your word. Lord, I receive this breakthrough. Be like an Esther. Clothe yourself with the garment of praise and move through the gates in faith and God will make sure that your breakthrough is consolidated. What lies at your gate may shape your destiny. I believe that as you listen to these words, you begin to change your focus. You don't want to be the one who is laid at the gate because they did not believe. You want to be able to step out to the blessings of God. Thank you so much and may God richly bless you. I believe that God has blessed you through this series. You may share the link on YouTube or as you download it as a podcast, share it with your friends and let's all grow our faith together. If you haven't subscribed yet to our channel on YouTube, do so. Hit the subscribe button and I believe that the things that you hear are going to be inspiring to you. And also, you can download the audio version of this podcast on Amazon Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast, and all the places where you get your podcast. God richly bless you, and join us again for another episode next week. Thank you. God richly bless you. Book of Matthew 11, 28 to 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest. Amen.